Did Pray for Paris solidify Westside Lynn as one of hip hop's top rappers? I think um, it put him in the conversation. I think before he wasn't all the way there yet, but I think what he did with this album and the fact that he orchestrated it the way that he did um, with all the features, the production, and then realizing afterwards for some people that he arranged it to be the way that it was and the inspiration behind it definitely puts him in that conversation. Um, I don't think that it did. I think it did more for Brazil than it did for him as a solo artist. Um, I think that like it put them, it, it still put them like in another realm because when, whenever Westside Gun makes projects, people always look for the songs with him, Benny, and Conway. Mm. And I think that, like, obviously, like, he's well-respected, and I think that he deserves, like, a lot of respect for the things that he does. Mm -hmm. But I think that what he, what what that project did was, it was like, all right, this is, the this is, like, another project that people will put, like, in the same conversation as Fly God. Mm. And it just, like, solidified, like, okay, Griselda's real. Like, they actually make quality projects and that's that's what it did. I don't think that it made Westside Gun like a star, or it made him in in the hip hop world. Mm -hmm. I don't think that it made him like more like it gave him more notoriety. I think I feel like I yeah no I completely disagree. I think this did more for for him than it did for the crew. I think um, if anything, it probably set the crew back because it, it it didn't make them a crew. They're not looked at as a crew anymore. Or rather, I won't even say set them back. I think it more so like very much stamped their individuality. So like this album stands out for his discography because it's such a big moment for him. Mm -hmm. And then now it makes people look at Benny's projects a certain way where like what they're expecting from him. It makes people look at Conway to see what he's about to do. So like it's very much, it very much stamped the, indiv the individuality of Griselda and what they do. I don't think it set the palette for what they do, but it, it it's the individuality. Now they look at Westside Gun and they expect certain shit from his projects. Well, just agree to disagree with that because when I look back at like, like uh, Fly God, Pray for Paris, mm -hmm. Supreme Billiente, 10, Hitler Wears, the Hitler Wears Hermes series, mm -hmm. um, I feel that like Westside Gun has been putting out quality projects. Those mm -hmm. five projects, like, well, obviously the, the, the Hermes, Hitler Wears Hermes, that's a series. But yeah. I just listed like five projects that he has, right? Mm -hmm. And like, I could still ask some people like, yo, like, you know, tell me like a West Side Gun verse or like, you know, something. And like, they don't, they can't. Like, so that's why I'm saying like, it hasn't, it hasn't put him in that, it hasn't put him on like the same, he might have opportunity, like, I think he's respected amongst his peers. Mm -hmm. And I think that like, it puts him in a lot of rooms with people that obviously like he can call home whenever he wants to or stuff like that. But like, it didn't put him like on the same level, like, um, like Freddie Gibbs. Like Freddie Gibbs was underground and he was able to like come up. Mm -hmm. I still think that Westside Gun is still viewed as underground. And I like I love Westside Gun, but I'm just saying what how for me I don't think what I'm saying is I don't think he gets enough recognition. I think he needs more. I think he needs yeah. to be celebrated more. Like, that's okay, what, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm not shitting on him. I'm saying like I think I think people are missing it and more people need to look. He at should him. be celebrated more, but then he he walks the fine line of being Wale, where um he talk he talks about it more then he gives people the opportunity to praise him. So like, you okay. see how Wale, you see how Wale will tell you like, no nigga, I'm nice. I just put this out, this out and that out. And they have they have a lot of similarities low key. They're into a lot of the same shit. 
um, and they wear their hearts on their sleeve with um, how they feel they should be appreciated. Well, in Wale's defense, I think a lot of, I think he's been fucked over a lot. And I think a lot of broken promises happened with him mm-hmm. and his situation with the label. Whereas with, uh, like, and that's where Wale's frustrations come from, right? And, you know, how, like, he, he sees, like, there's favoritism amongst artists mm-hmm. out of his peers. With West Side Gun, he sees social media and like sometimes he goes on social media to defend himself. Yeah. And like sometimes I think he goes a little bit overboard, but I think that's like his his more his ego mm-hmm. talking than him um actually like trying to like analyze like all right like why is this being said about yeah you know why 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 am I being overlooked why yeah. am I not being listed on these top lists at the end of the year? I can absolutely picture Westside Gun calling Complex to Black on them about their list back okay. then. But you just I can proved, see that happening. But you happening. just proving my point. Like he's mm-hmm. not being acknowledged when when these end of the year lists come up, and that's what bothers him. Yeah, no, I get that. I'm just saying, as far as um, as far as like his greatness or whatever, like he's in that he's in that lane of working his way there. I just hope that you know i just want him to stick to what he's gonna do because it seems like he he walks a fine line between wanting to be on those lists and not needing the acknowledgement so it's like all right which one do you want to focus on because sometimes we hear from him yo i'm done i'm just gonna focus on putting these other projects out and then he'll be like nah nigga i'm dropping um 10. i think every time he gets in the studio he gets the itch that could be possible i could see that too well that's evident obviously yeah, yeah. Welcome to Rap in Order, the interrogation of a hip-hop album, where we take some of the culture's most beloved hip-hop albums, Put them on the stand, see if they stood the test of time. Now let's see who we got on the stand today. Welcome to another episode of Rap in Order. I'm First Class Reg. And I'm Torian B. Today, let me see what shirt we got. As if the shirt don't give it away. Um, So we're getting into an album that came out right in the thick of it. Well, not even in the thick of it. It came out like right at the tipping point of uh, COVID. Yeah. Right? Um, came out 2020, April 17th to be exact. Um, Pray for Paris, West Side Gun. It was his third studio album. At this point, the man had already released 24 to 25 projects. He's always dropping something. Um, this album featured production from Duranger, who is like the, you know, that's like his go to. Beat Butcher, The Alchemist, DJ Muggs, DJ Premier. Um, you got features on here from Benny, of course, and Conway. You got Joey Badass. You got Tyler, the creator, Boldy, Freddie Gibbs, Rock Marciano, Wale, Joyce Rice. It's just a bunch of people on here. And I think they're all intricately placed. Um, this album came when, you know, like I said, COVID. But while he was putting it together, I remember him saying, like, I remember him actually catching COVID and... um and having to like redo some things or whatever. I remember the track list had leaked and everybody was like, bruh, he got premiere. Like it was just a big deal about this uh this track list because of how well placed it was and how put together um and all the people that he had. And West Side is not, you know, I would say in the Griselda package, people don't really look at and regard him as the the lyricist. They look at Conway as that guy. Yeah. And then they look at Benny as like being that voice. And then 
I guess what Westside Gun has always been appreciated for is you can kind of look at him as like the Jim Jones of like having the ear and bringing the sound, but not like the strongest suit. But you know he's going to give you good music, good quality, at least from the squad. Um, and he's like the official, unofficial A&R, you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, what were your thoughts when this album dropped? Like, did you run to this? Did it take you a while? Damn, this merch is fire. I need to buy all of it. Mm-hmm. And that was that was the initial thought? That was my initial thought. I was so mad that the vinyl sold out so fast. <laughs> I was yeah, fucking it did. It. it did, actually, yeah. Um, but yeah, I was excited for it just because like uh, I know that Benny has he's known. I mean Benny. Um, I know that that Westside is known for having a really good taste. Mm-hmm. So I knew that we were going to get luxury raps, mm-hmm. and I love me some luxury rap. I like rapping to me about some shit that I can't afford. Please, yeah. man. Like, give me aspirations. Yeah, give me aspirations. <laughs> make me feel poor. Make me make me question shit. Yeah. So with that being said, I just felt like all right, this is. This is going to be like great. What I didn't expect was for this project to come out and like rival as one of, as arguably, maybe, possibly his best project. Okay. Like, it, yeah. I don't think like it's 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 debatable, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's like clear cut like Fly God. Mm-hmm. But like I I didn't think that because you got to think like he he had over twenty four projects. He's yeah. put out Hitler where's her mess. So it was just it was like what about this project? Like what about this time? Mm-hmm. Was going to make it so good, and like he, like he, it was a good follow up, I, and I think that that's actually really impressive. Yeah, I think I think what was so special about this is how narrowed in the uh, the creative direction is, and um and it being fully inspired by his trip that he took to Paris, mm-hmm. even down to everything in it, down to the features, down to the names of the songs, of it being like just places he went. 327 is just called that because those are the new balances he was wearing at the time. Like, um, uh, Party with Pop Smoke is just the fact that he was literally at a party with Pop Smoke and he met up with him and they met in Paris and like caught a vibe out there. Like, so it's just things in here that he used as nods just to that trip. So, like, when you get albums like that, that are streamlined like that and that focus, it's hard for there to be fuck ups. I agree. Um, like I, I, I like some like some people don't like it like when a rapper like does that is because I think that they like identify hip hop in a certain way. Like some people like hear hip hop and they're like it's about the struggle, it's about the gutter. Mm-hmm. Or like some people hear hip hop and they're just like oh I want to hear storytelling, I want to hear that. Mm-hmm. And for me, um, like the first the first rap album that like I like bought and I understood and I think I've talked about this was it was written. Yeah. So like pretty much like that rap album was if you really think about it that was like luxury mafioso rap galore mm-hmm. right and Nas because that was when he was in his his like his Nas Esco bag Nas Escobar mm-hmm. so for me when I when I hear like this luxury fly shit I'm not thinking like oh I can't relate I'm just like oh this is that fly shit this is what you aspire to if this is what you aspire to like I I aspire like I get money y'all y'all, y'all gonna know. So mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like, I hear that shit, and I'm like, give it to me. Mm-hmm. I will say this, though. It took me a while to come around to the West Side Gun party. Yeah. Because um, to me, he, he you know, kind of raps a little offbeat. Mm-hmm. And for me, like, uh, I love me I love me some offbeat rappers. Silk, Silk the Shock is one of my favorite rappers ever. I don't think he's the best, but I love him. 
but I just, I guess like what, what I expect from um, a rapper in in this genre is to kind of like have like more of a flow. And I think I'm like spoiled by being a fan of like Biggie and Jay. Mm-hmm. So then when I hear somebody like Westside Gun or like or like Benny, I just feel like I'm like yo like. Are they not catching it? Like, are they laying their vocals and they just putting it on top? So it took me a while, but like when I started like actually listening to what the fuck they were saying, mm-hmm. it it made all the difference and like it, it just made up for that. I just wanted to just be honest and like yeah. not say I've loved Westside Gun from day one. No, yeah, it took I I like had to like sit down and make myself listen to him and like love his ad libs and mm-hmm. like know like his references that he makes to back home in Buffalo mm-hmm. or like on this album like this was his. Seeing the world album, like he was traveling more and stuff like that. So. Yeah, I get that. I think I think for me, like the quote unquote, like the like the offbeat rap. I don't know if it just doesn't register like that to me because when I be hearing them, I get the pocket that they in. Like I, I understand it and I can kind of hear it more. Um, and and because the the production is like kind of fine tuned to that. It's yeah. fine to for them to rap like, like that. that. And yeah. I, I wonder, if, and that that's something that I wonder if it's on purpose. Mm-hmm. I wonder if purposely, like, it's like them, like, letting the producer know, like, yo, I'm really going to let you shine. And, like, not like not getting on, on beat. Like, because Bum B tells this really funny story that he did a song with Larry June. Mm-hmm. And he made, he made Mike Dean put Larry June on beat. And Larry June was like, no, no, put it back. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, "You're gonna ruin it," and Bum B like was confused, like, "What the fuck, like, nigga, you not on beat? Like, I'm trying to get you like on, and you know, s- Southern rappers are like really big on like riding the polished. beat and like yeah, yeah. being polished. So I just think that that's funny, and I actually think that sometimes like it actually makes you like appreciate the the production more. Like, and I and I thought about that when I was listening to a um a Boldy James project, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Yo, this made me like I I actually like." want to find like a version of just Alchemist's uh instrumentals yeah for that Bodie James on um, project that exists um Bo Jackson or Price of Bo Jackson. T okay you know I love Bo Jackson yeah Bo Jackson is really good um I think I see what you're saying because for me like it was a Detroit sound and I see the Detroit sound the way it's pouring over into like different raps and stuff like that like I was listening to a new Lotto song the other day she dropped a remix to one of her songs with uh with Cardi Mm-hmm. And um and it's fire. And the way she's rapping on it is in this Detroit pocket. And it's just like, yo, like for Detroit to elevate its sound, and I hate to go on a on a on nah, a tangent man, talk about your this, shit. Nah, do but it. for Detroit to elevate its sound, you need artists to acknowledge when they take those flows and when they borrow those flows in those moments from Detroit. Cause like every few years, people will say, yo, Detroit was doing this, Detroit did that, Detroit is responsible for this. Like it get its shine as a city and for its sound. But I need the rappers to acknowledge it too. Or like the fact that I'm hearing Lotto rapping like on a Detroit type beat or in a Detroit bag, I need her to just say or pay homage in that way. That's the that's the way for it to elevate. I understand what you're saying because that's just like uh um damn, 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 damn. I can't remember, but somebody like actually paid homage to E40. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the rapper, but like, and like he let it be known, like you know, I'm, yeah. I'm paying homage to E40. So like, you know, like they he made up a lot. He used a lot of like the lingo that like E40 does because E40 like creates a lot of words mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And it was pretty dope. Or or like uh, he didn't do a good job at it, but like when Pusha T uh had that song where he um basically rapped like Mace. 
Oh yeah, yeah. I I liked it. I liked that one with uh, with Kelly Rowland. Mace is Mace. Bro. He sounded just like Mace. Um, but yeah, I get it. But Mace is Mace. But um, but Mace, Mace be Mace. Bro. Or Yachty. Yachty released Michigan Boy Boat, and that got critically acclaimed because he went to he went to Flint. He was hanging in Flint. He actually met people there. Like it, you know, it's ways to pay homage. But yeah. um, you ever but you ever get, noticed that little like that little like, Yachty looks like he could be Mace's son? I can see that. I can see that sometimes. I see that a little nah, bit. Yeah, he's like a little better. And like yeah, and you got, he's from Georgia. The way he speaks to his yeah, yeah, yeah. moving to Georgia around the time. Like you gotta think and like if you think about it, what makes was living in Georgia is around the time Yachty was born, all I'm saying, bro. Uh huh. <laughs> uh, he cooking. He yeah, cooking. Little little boat is little mace. Little boat, little better. Um so on this album, this album kicks off with four hundred million plus tax. Um which is a sample from um, the auction of Leonardo da Vinci's Salvador Mundi. Yes. And it sold for $450 million, um, in 2017. And it set the record for the most expensive painting ever sold in the auction. Yes. Um, so with that being the opening, like I got like a lot of Only Built for Cuban Links vibes. Yeah. Um, so that's a lot of like Wu-Tang, RZA, Raekwon influence right mm-hmm. there. And I really like that part. Because it set the tone for the project. You just yeah. like, all right, cool. Like this and this I really like the fact that it was just like a he, he he encapsulated it just as a period of time in his life. So this was this project was literally based off of maybe like like one to two weeks mm-hmm. of his life. And I think that that's fucking brilliant. Yeah. Like sometimes like you hear some rappers and like they're telling like multiple stories from like throughout their life. Nah, nigga, like you're a fucking rock star. Like mm-hmm. give me two weeks of your life. Yeah. Two weeks of your life, and that's why that's why I like shit like "Call Me If You Get Lost" is so good because that's like not even a full summer. Yeah, it's just like a little. It's a trip. It's yeah. a trip that he took. Yeah, you know, and and he reminisced on some shit, and it just it feels good. And I like when artists do this in general, where they just it's they just streamline their thoughts and just pick one thing and just make fucking magic out of it, and and it works. Um, so yeah, you got. No vacancy follows this up. You know, this is where you, they pick up on this um this this knack that they have for uh, for for piano chords. Um, that I feel like people have been making fun of them on Twitter recently for. They have. Uh, yeah. I just think that like Westside. I think Westside Gun is okay. I I I feel seen by somebody like Westside Gun. Westside Gun is a hood is a hood nigga. I'm a hood adjacent nigga. I'm not a hood nigga. I'm hood adjacent nigga. I know what's going on in the hood. Who loves rap, loves wrestling, mm-hmm. loves Marvel, and loves women with fat asses. Mm-hmm. Like I feel seen by this man. Like mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like me and him will be friends. So when I'm listening to him talk his shit, even though sometimes like he he kind of like he he's like very arrogant. And like always, like feels like he should be number one no matter what. That's the part that annoys me. When right, like that bothers me. But I also feel like this is this is something I I can relate to. Especially, mm. I love his wrestling references. Yeah, like he they're does really refer- good. He does refer- wrestling references like how Joe Bunn used to do basketball references. Yeah, it's really good, and they're really spot on. If you're mm-hmm. a wrestling fan, whenever he says certain things, like it actually makes sense. Like some some people will say like corny shit. But like actually, him and Action Bronson both do it very well. Yeah, and Wale, of course. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, and Wale boring. is and Wale really, really shines on this album on um on French Toast 
There's a track with him and um, Joyce Rice, mm-hmm. and he makes multiple wrestling references in this love song. Yeah, he starts his verse off saying "too sweet." Um, I, I think I think it's just such a untraditional love song, and it's so fucking good. Um, but going back to George Bando, George Bando features Conway and Benita Butcher. Who had the best verse? Um, the way Benny closes this out, I think, is like monumental for me when I was listening to it. But it might be Conway. I'm going with Bernard the Butcher. It might be Conway. You think? <laughs> Bernard. <laughs> Bernard. <laughs> Y'all might be too young for that reference. Um, but yeah, okay, so you're going with Benny? Yeah. I think. It's time for them to drop another collaborative project, just them three. But I think we're past that now, probably. We're past it only because now I think they're trying to be more intentional with what Griselda is. People still think Griselda is just them three. And now, but it's a label and they have artists. They have different artists. Well, I think that the problem is, is that Benny, Benny has a Def Jam deal. And right now, like, obviously he got, I think he got the contract. The money that he wanted, or the contract that he wanted, one of the two, like Snoop Dogg, like spearheaded that. But I, I really don't think Dub Jam was a label he should have signed with. Like I get like the history, but the reason why I say that is because like right now, like there's a holdup on like what he's doing, and I think he's pretty frustrated. And, I, and if I'm not mistaken, I think that Def Jam now is like a breaking like new artist, and like Benny's not. I get that you could say he's a new artist, but he's not a new artist. Benny mm-hmm. the Butcher is a seasoned artist. He needs to be treated like such and allowed yeah. to have the creative freedom to put his shit out whenever he wants. His fan base is his fan base. And mm-hmm. I think that Dev Jam does understand that because of the management that's in there. Yeah. Dev Jam is not the not the innovative Dev Jam that we grew up knowing. So no, it's not. Now, you know, everything is about numbers and TikTok and shit like that. And he's a fucking underground rap artist. Yeah. Like, Them niggas don't have... Yeah. They don't have... Um, a vice grip on anything right now. Yeah. Um, I think you know who I think he would have really shined on back in the day. Probably Interscope. He would have been I really good would, on Interscope. I think he would do good on Interscope right now, or I think that he would do good if he was working with Leo Cohen. Um, is Leo still Leo YouTube Cole. or Three Hundred? He's at so like he still has like he says that he like left Three Hundred in Atlantic and and but him and Kevin Lyles are always going to be partners. That's that's something that like I fully. Like know and understand him and Kevin Lyles are forever partners, so like they always want to have like workings and dealings together. So they, they can say different all they want, like mm-hmm. nah, like those two, like they they always will work together. And it's such an odd couple because you yeah. would never think that Leo Cohen, this Jewish kid from like Southern California, and Kevin Lyles, this kid from like Baltimore, would become such like great partners. But mm-hmm. like they work well, very very well together. And I'll, I'll be honest, I don't think I've ever seen them together. Leo Cohen and, and Kevin um, Lyles. I feel like I've seen them together. I mean, I don't remember it. I always see them separately, but I know that they work very well together. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. I'll probably Google that later. Mm-hmm. But um, three two seven, like I've referenced before. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing, no big significant title to reason to the title except for the New Balances. But you got Joey Badass, Tyler the Creator, and Billy Esco on this track. Um. If you guys recall, um, listeners, I did reference before that uh, the ideal partnership or collab that I wanted to see would be Joey Badass and Tyler, the creator. I just mm-hmm. think that they would make something so great together. I think Tyler could get in whatever pocket he gets into um, that the artist gets into that he works with. I just want to really just see an um, an album that's produced by him. I think that'd be great. 
Um, but this track is amazing. This track is really good. Joy Badass is fire on this. Um, everybody delivers on here. Tyler, <laughs> Tyler's verse is mad gay. But um, verse, yeah, he has a he has a really good verse. It's mad good. Happy Pride Month. Yes, very significant to the month, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think they had asked Westside about his verse, and he was like, "Yo, nah, he was spitting." Um, Tyler asked me if he felt like he did too much, and I was like, "Nah, man, that's your life. Fuck it." And I just thought that was cool. Like he was just like, "Yo, whatever. Like you you killed that shit. I'm putting the whole verse on there," and and he did that. He's an ally. He's an ally. He is an ally. Um, who do you think... Well, no. I want to get into the next song also, because I'm pretty sure you can like geek out, because Wale is on here making references. I get so frustrated with Wale. And mm. I don't know if it's the people around him. I don't know what's going on, but I really wish that I had a significant amount of money to tell that nigga... Listen, I'm giving you $10 million in this bag. You go in there, and I'm going to get a fucking Alchemist. I'm going to get Hit Boy. And I'm going to get, get Mad Lit. Mm-hmm. And we're going to make this album. And I'll give you one Just Blaze track. <laughs> like, that's, what, that's, that's literally what I tell him. And I just be like, listen, like, your features, I have to okay your features. Yeah. Rick Ross cannot be on this project with you. I love him and Ross together, but I don't want, I don't want, Ross is going to overshadow. Ross takes him out of his element a yeah. little bit. So like literally like I'm just doing that like I I Wale is so frustrating because this verse is so good ladies yeah, and gentlemen it's a really good you verse. hear it and you just like yo like why you be letting these motherfuckers his take you off your zone on this shit like his like, fucking references man. the reference if you can pull them up but like I I just think that it's is it, I didn't write anything down for it because I just listened to it up and I was just gonna be like yo his ref, like his references were spot on and great but like it's 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 infuriating to hear how good he is. And then to know, like, oh, man, like, Wale, like, you know, he's just kind of, like, he's doing well. His life is great. I'm sure of it. But, like, I just wish that, like, he was a bigger star. I really think that he should be a bigger star than what he is. And it's really, it's really Um, I don't know if it, you think it's too late? Who, Wale? Mm-hmm. I don't think it's too late, especially now, because, like, now hip-hop is, is, go, is, is transitioning to a place where, like, artists mm-hmm. can be, like, older and kind of have, like, a renaissance. Mm-hmm. So I actually think that Wale actually might reach that point. Where like he'll he'll be able to just put out whatever the fuck he wants. I just wonder like if he's like fully not fully discouraged or anything like that. Yeah, like literally all his references in this verse. I'm never gonna switch up the y'all Eric Bischoff. Like shit like that. And the, like this is a love song. He goes, <laughs> Mom works for Virgil like DiBiase. Hmm. Um he said, uh somehow I'll leave him open like a scream from Shaq. But at the end of this song is a Shawn Michaels sample. Mm-hmm. Um, that closes it out. Like, all right, I'll admit I'm no singer, but what I'm what I am is a showstopper, the headliner, the main event, the icon, the icon. Um, just picking shit like that to close out a love song is just. Wow. I think I just like I said again. Like, there's just certain things like when 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 we were kids and we would watch these guys like they were like wrestlers, they mm-hmm. were like our superheroes, and like mm-hmm. they would get on the screen and like talk, and they would kind of like give be able to give us confidence. So to actually be able to be an adult and, like, be able to, like, translate that into, like, r- regular life. Because most people, like, tell you, like, oh, wrestling's fake. Why are you watching it? Like, it's make-believe. Mm-hmm. It kind of, like, pretty much, like, shits on, like, a kid and, like, makes him, like, go, like, a, well, a, grown into an adult. And makes you, like, hide, like, what you enjoy and, like, makes you happy and actually might give you confidence watching these men and, you know, 
pretty much go out and perform and like have like supreme confidence. Like, yeah, it's really cool though. Like, like you said, like how how Westside makes you feel seen. It's like shit like that is really important, man. Like yeah, fucking representation matters. Like yeah, you can't bro. say that enough. And and it sounds so cliche now because you hear it all the time, but it's true. Like when you see certain shit that like because when you grow up and you get into certain shit and for some reason or another, you'll feel like you're the only person that's into this. Mm-hmm. Like, I felt like when I was a kid that I was the only one, well, not the only one, but I felt like I was the only one watching wrestling in a certain way that I was. Or like that me and my group of friends were the only ones that fucking bought the WWF Attitude um, tape mm-hmm. and played the instrumentals and had like a whole tournament on the block and shit like that. Like. Mm-hmm. And who could? We had a fake belt and everything. Like yeah. we, we orchestrated a whole thing and that we you, did. And then you learn, like when you see some of your groups of friends, like because we did the same thing. Mm-hmm. We, used to, we used to have hardcore matches and shit yeah. like that. We had fake belts. We used to break in my building. We got in trouble for actually breaking the tables, and, mm-hmm. we, and we learned later on that oh, these tables like they they're like sawed a little bit, so they break faster. Yeah, we yeah. was really breaking the tables. Shit like that. Like we, <laughs> we niggas was getting man. We was creative as hell back then, man. Because. Um, and I actually told this story the other day to one of my one of my friends from work where like if we was walking home from school, we would stop at the store to like get some drinks or whatever. We'll probably buy a Snapple back when they used to still be in glass bottles. Oh, and then you walk down the street when you finish a Snapple, just throw it up in the air just so it can break and do the Stone Cold music mm-hmm. <laughs> while you walk. And it was just it was a whole thing Rez that we was, would do. Was a yeah, man, we we did all of that shit. It was just. And then when you meet other people that have this fascination, like how you did, it's it's special. Yeah. Um, and we're all like in the same age groups and shit. But um, but I want to get into five hundred ounce. Let's do it. Five hundred ounce features Rock Marcy and, and and Freddie Gibbs, and it's produced by the Alchemist Uncle Al. Um, this one sticks out on this album, especially at this point in the album, mm-hmm. because um, the production is so different. It just jumps out. It's so different from what you've gotten on the album so far, because so far you got um, you got your you got your go tos. You got Deranger. You got Camouflage Monk, um, Beat Butcher, DJ Mugs. But then when this comes on, there's a switch up, and I think the album really switches from this point on. Um, and it becomes like the intent, like the subject matter is still there, the focus is still there, but I think it's the eighth track. In the album, but it just completely switches. I feel like we're on a bigger scale at this point. Um, who you think had the best verse? Rob Marciano. On this for real? Yes. Hmm. And I love Freddie Gibbs. Okay. I love Freddie Gibbs. Like I, even through all the stuff that, that's going on with him right now on the internet. Yeah. I think that Rock Marciano had the best verse, and I actually think that Rock Marciano is the godfather of all the shit that the Griselda niggas are doing now. Well, yes, that I won't disagree with. And in our in our past episode, we uh, we reviewed Rock Marciano's album, and we came to that conclusion as well. But uh, I think I think Gibbs got the best verse on this. I think Rock kind of gets um, he kind of gets buried by the production on here. Like his voice isn't as like loud. It doesn't stand out as much as Gibbs. I think Gibbs did a great job kicking this off. Um, that shit just, it, it, it's incredible. And I think at some point I want to revisit Alfredo um, because him and, and, and Alchemist chemistry is just special as hell. Yeah, it is. I, th- yeah. I think that they're like the new like Snoop and Dre. 
I could see that as well. Um, but but Freddie can kind of get in that bag with a lot of the people because he has that same kind of chemistry with Madlib. Yeah, man. It's crazy. Freddie, Freddie Gibbs took like a, a, a He's old a chameleon. 80s movie dirty cop. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> he does. That's his humor too. Yeah. Um, and then that takes us into Versace. Mm. Versace is produced by Jay Versace. Um, Jay Versace, internet phenom. Who like would always go viral? Yo, remember that video with him and Freddie Gibbs? Which one? And he, and oh, when like, it was like he was like, "Yo, I want to send you some beats." Yeah, yeah. And Freddie Gibbs was like, "You cool, man, but you weird." And he yeah. was like, "Man, why you always gotta call people weird? Yeah, why you, always... why you can't just give me a compliment?" Yeah. He was like, "You weird." He was like, "Nigga, fuck you, I ain't weird." Yeah, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> it was like on live, right? Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. Um, I think what's so cool about Jay Versace is that, um. And he's leaning. I think he gets offended when people say it because they're like, yo, Jay Versace. Because I remember actually the other day, somebody was like, somebody was like, yo, I'm just always surprised, blah, blah, blah. And then he retweeted it and was like, yo, what's so surprising? Like, I'm really curious. Like, what's so surprising about when I do shit? But he has to understand how the perception of him on the internet at first. He was just this really jokey person um, that would do internet skits and shit like that, and people didn't take him that serious. So for him to completely switch up and not only do production, but do Griselda-type level production was very surprising to people. Like, he he did a complete 180, and I mean, essentially he grew up in front of our eyes, so that's fine. But it it was impressive. And um, he did share a story about, well, no, West Side Gun shared a story about how he, he got a DM from Jay Versace, and he was like, "Yo, I got some beats for you, or whatever." He did, yeah. And that, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I was just like, "Yo, like, why, why, <laughs> why?" Freddie had to be a dickhead. Yeah. No, you cool, but you weird. <laughs> um. So he shared that he had some beats for him, and West Side Gun was like, "Jay Versace." He was like, "I, I mean, well, shit, send me something." And he sent it, and the first beat that he heard is this beat, and he rapped on it. Um, and, and, and it said, and he said at this point he has about 30 to 40 tracks with Jay Versace that he produced. Wow. So at some point we're, we'll probably get that. So no, West Side Gun is not going to retire anytime soon. We're probably going to get those tracks at some point. We will. Um, Claiborne Kick featuring Bodie James. Um, yes. Yes. Claiborne, the Claiborne Kick is, is, uh, Drew McIntyre's finisher. Mm-hmm. When he literally runs at you and like he falls back and kicks you in the face. Yeah. And um these this song is incredible. Boldy doesn't curse not one time in his verse, from what I from what I gathered from um the re-list. And I was like, oh shit. Like this verse is so intentional that um he wants you to get everything and there'd be no takeaways from his verse, except for he wants there to be no distractions rather from what he's saying in his verse. Um Really, really good delivery from both of them. I like what West Side Gun did to his voice. He's super different. The delivery is different. He kind of took his voice up a few octaves. Um, it's really good. Uh, he and he follows that up with Sean Sean versus Flair, which references um their match. Mm-hmm. Right? Wasn't that um wasn't that Ric Flair's retirement? It's supposed to be. Um, well, it was, yeah, it was, it was really to be. the reason. The the references though basically like you know like the, this up and coming hotshot taking out like his idol. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean he wasn't up and coming hotshot, but 
Shawn Michaels was basically like the, the replacement of the new flashy guy mm-hmm. in, in the wrestling business, and also seen as the bar for being the best wrestler ever. Like Ric Flair used to be that bar, and then Shawn Michaels came, and he was the upgrade. So mm-hmm. like now, like a lot of like guys that come into the game say that I want to be the next Shawn Michaels, but before it used to be I want to be the next Ric Flair. Yeah, yeah, um, which is which is dope, man. I think. Um, to find a way to fit that into the fold of this album was really, really dope. And um, that would take us into a track that I referenced earlier, which was part, Party with uh, Party with Pop Smoke. Um, rest in peace to Pop Smoke. Yes. Um, I, I have here that I love how intentional everything is on this album, which I said earlier, um, because he's really, everything ties into this experience that he had with Paris. Was- and just imagine being this intentional on trips that you take. And just going somewhere and just creating something that was inspired and birthed there. And then he has this album to kind of reflect on. That's what we're gonna do with, when we go to Memphis and go to Elvis House. <laughs> you gonna make a you might gonna make an album inspired by what you saw at Elvis House? In Memphis. The whole city. Okay. That'd we're be gonna, dope. Yeah, we're gonna go we're gonna go hang out with John Morant and shoot our guns. On live? Yeah. Yeah. Um Yeah, we're gonna go shoot our guns with John Morant. We're gonna go on Bill Street. Um and and go to a jazz um bar and listen to a BB King impersonator. Jerry the King Lola has a has a bar a restaurant there. We're gonna go there and start a bar fight. Okay. And we're gonna go to Elvis's house and steal one of his capes. And I'm a um I'm a I'm a dance on a moving in a moving car with uh Glorilla. Oh, see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Let's go. Um, so yeah, party party with pop smoke is another special one and um and kind of and his way of showing homage to pop smoke and it's just it's a great great song it's not somber at all it's still it's still great like it just it plays out perfectly and um and it's produced by tyler the creator yeah Yeah. so this one this was this the song that was produced by tyler creator was actually like a low point for me i was actually disappointed Mm -hmm. oh for with this song yeah Mm mm-hmm like obviously the highlight with Tyler is with the song that he's featured on, mm-hmm. but like I wasn't that impressed with this song that he produced for West Side Gun. Okay, okay, yeah, I, I like this one a lot. But oh, and I didn't even mention that Sean versus Flair was produced by DJ Premier, and DJ Premier um, sent in this after after he saw West Side Gun's live. He was like, "Yo, are you done with the album?" And he said, "Yeah, it's done. But if you were sending me something, I'm gonna put your shit on there." Mm. And DJ Premier sent it and was like, bet, you know, I just thought that was so cool that nigga, the nigga was DJ, watching his live yeah. and was like, yo, yeah, is this album done? Why is it so easy for DJ Premier to like, no disrespect to West Side You about to bring up uh, Jay-Z? Yes. <laughs> Why is it so easy? Why is it so easy for you to do that with him? But when, when it comes to fucking hope, like y'all schedules don't work. How does that, how does that make sense? That's some, that like, I feel like that's, it's some shit between y'all that we don't know about. Probably. And... That's like not both, far-fetched. They, they both be doing the who's more important um, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Because you're not going to sit here and tell me that he could just hit up West Side Gun like that and like he just be like, cool. Like Jay knows what it would mean for, to people for him and Premier to even do a song together. But again. that's why. That's why. Because he knows. He's a fucking asshole. That's why he knows. That's why the nigga didn't start rapping on Black Republic until like almost two minutes into the damn song. He just likes to draw things out. That's all. Yeah, bro. That's that Sagittarius shit. I don't like that so, shit. So, you know. Um, but the album Closer. Uh, le, 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 can you say that? No, nigga. You, you, 
<laughs> y'all know one thing I can't do. Y'all know I can't pronounce shit. <laughs> but um, we can the, Siri to say it for us. The sure. album title. The album title is in reference to a restaurant in Paris, which specializes in Senegalese and West African food. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously he ate there. He had a great experience there. I think this was a great closer because this kind of just puts everything in just a nice bow. It does. Um, I think it's a great close because if if I'm, that's how like you and you have a nice dinner mm-hmm. and then either you, you know, you might go back to your hotel room or your Airbnb and then the next morning you get up and go home mm-hmm. or you just get on the fucking private plane right after that. But mm-hmm. like, you know, I just thought that that was something I, I think the highest luxury is the, is the food that you eat. Like that's the most luxurious thing that you can yeah. do what you what you eat, not your jewelry, people, not yeah. the clothes you wear. For me, like, and most of the time, that's when you leave a city. That's what you remember from your trip is what you agreed. ate, how your food was. Because right. even when you, the fact that like you've been to New Orleans a couple times, yeah, like you said, you've mentioned like what you ate and how that was. Yo, yeah, that's yeah, what I'm yeah. saying. Like it's some of the most luxurious shit that you can do mm-hmm. what you eat. Yeah. So when you go somewhere and like the, like you do those things and have those experiences, mm-hmm. that is more meaningful in my opinion than. The things that like you know like jewelry and stuff like that like mm-hmm. I get like how much jewelry costs but like you eat some expensive food especially like in Paris like you know they got like snails and they got all that kind of shit out there mm-hmm. like there's like a certain kind of like cuisine that's like only meant for rich people for you to yeah <laughs> like there's certain there's certain things you know what I'm saying like uh like like on 444 when Jay Z was like you're really feeding my kids liquid gold yeah like what <laughs> like I just think you know, I just I just think like he capped it off like really well and a lot of people don't a lot of people don't think about that when it comes to uh the the food that they intake. Yeah that's a fact. Um but we say all that to say of course we do um Encourage you guys to listen to this album. Let us know what you think in the comments. Um, Before we... Oh, shit. I was just about to say, yeah. Before Mm -hmm. we actually close this off, I want to end it off with with your your rating overall for this album. This one was tough. Hmm. Um, I give this one... I feel like I'm on fucking fucking street. Uh, Four out of five waffles. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. For this project, the production was precise. The sequencing was great. The features mm-hmm. was great. Um, the the con the concept of the album was amazing. Mm-hmm. I would say that the weakest thing on the album is that West Side Gun isn't like the best lyricist. Yeah, but he set the tone for this project. You needed him. Yeah, like he it, you couldn't have done this album like this album couldn't have been made without him. And I and I think that it's impressive. Usually, if an artist makes like like one really great project that's like like held like he did with Fly God, mm-hmm. they can't repeat that. Like you know, that's very hard. Mm-hmm. And they usually ride the coattails off of that. And West Side Gun like actually figured it out and and put this project out during the pandemic. So like I was really able to sit with this. And then even like the merch for it, like teaming up with Virgil and doing things, I thought that was really cool. Rest in peace, Virgil. Yes, Versus Versus. Yeah. So I um, think that is really cool. And he, he pretty much embodied, like, he he embodied luxury rap on this project and did it to the T. I'd, I'd have to agree with that. I even agree with that rating. I'll give it a four and a, four out of five. Um, he isn't the best lyricist, like how you said. 
Um, but what he is really good at is orchestrating these really big events. Um, he'll give you an experience with very, very intentional features um, and themes. And he's making his way up those ranks of having one of the best ears in rap. Yeah. Um, I still think he needs a little more time. And like he doesn't need to focus on... I'd rather him focus on putting no, putting these albums together on his own and not necessarily having to put out albums himself. I do enjoy the albums, but... Like also DJ Khaled shit? Yeah, just putting it, not even being like Westside Gun featuring this person. I don't want his name on it at all. I just want him to put the albums together. Like, okay. actually, just curate the albums. I want him to curate them, but he doesn't have to be like on some, like, like how what like Rory just did, um, okay. which was really good. But I don't, I just want him to be in the studio with people to help them put together their albums. That's all. Okay. Um, but I do agree with, with the four out of five waffles. Um, like I said, let us know what you think. Um, rate, subscribe, get back to us. Leave it in the comments. I'm First yes. Class Reg. And I am Torian B. And we're out of here. Boom, 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 boom. We needed one of those. Yeah. Give me your fucking money. Dun, dun.